the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You know, some days you sit down and you go, what are you going to talk about today, Dave? And I go, hmm. And then I I look at the news, I go, hmm. You know, and I'm looking at the news today when I before I came in and I went, there's nothing really, you know, big as far as I'm concerned today. Well, Iverson Jackson is in the studio and Paul Calvert are here. They're here, whether it's big news day or not big news day. <laughs> Artie Hopper's coming. He'll be with us. Until uh, 7.30 this morning, and he's got some big business he's got to take care of. And uh, we won't have Jan Morgan here today. She is down visiting her father. She left, uh, I think, uh, Saturday late because I was just talking to Heidi before I came in here, and she said she went to one of Jan's gun classes over the weekend. Is that right, Heidi? Well, my mother went to one of um, Jan Morgan's gun rallies on Saturday. My mom was wanting to get her concealed carry license. Now she she basically uh, Jan showed her the whole rigmarole, and so it was my mom who went to the rally, and so I'm sure Jan is a little bit uh, pooped out from the weekend, I guess. Okay, now did your mom go for the regular concealed or the enhanced concealed? You know, I don't know. I have to ask her. Now, my mom, she's a little bit on the fence about getting her permit because it is a big responsibility and so uh yeah. she's gonna she's gonna think it over a little bit before she commits to it okay well anyway that's cool you know yeah. if you're gonna get yourself uh, a handgun i highly recommend that you go and take a class if you've never used it. look i came out of the military i knew how to use yes guns all right uh, no problem my dad showed me how to use a gun he was a world war ii veteran and he made sure his kids knew how to handle a handgun. It don't like it doesn't doesn't work like it like it goes in the movies. And and well, like he used to say to us, he says you don't bring it out because you know you'll see this in movies. Somebody gets in trouble, they pull their gun out and they point it and said, "Don't come any closer." My father said, "You don't need to say anything like that. If you're going to pull out the gun, use it." Don't show it. Yeah. Well, one of the, use one of, it. One of the things that, you know, if someone's pretty close to you, they can take it from you. Yeah. And that's one of the things about pulling a weapon. I think in this latest Atlanta shooting down there, I think I watched the video here last night. I didn't really want to do it, but I went ahead and did it. I think one of their mistakes was they pulled their tasers when the guy was right on top, when they were really close to the guy. And Well, they had been wrestling with the dude. Right. And that's the thing is that when, I mean, come when on. someone's so close to you, they can take stuff from you relatively easily and that's that's something you need to think about with a handgun is if you're two feet from somebody and you pull your hand pull your gun on them they can take it from you yeah that's going to be that the first the trial of the guys that 
uh, did in uh, George is is Floyd. Uh, yeah Floyd that that's pretty well cut and dry right but the one in in uh, Atlanta is not because everybody's trying to make a big deal about he was shot in the back yeah. when somebody's running from you and they're turning and shooting a taser at you you by the time you pull the trigger they could have turned away from yeah. you yeah yeah they, they could have and it's and i i think some of the issue there with that case was they didn't follow proper procedure and the the um Know, some of those charges that were against the shooter in that case were actually because he shot in a, in a public area and he actually nearly hit somebody else he hit their car while they were in it, inside yeah. it and so there that was three of the charges were actually came from that i think well it's going to be interesting it will be interesting to see, to see how they're going to do that i mean seriously i you know they're saying this could be a death penalty case it will so. not be a death penalty no. case no, no, I don't that's think not so. going to happen that the guy might need to cool his Heels in jail for some time. Yeah, I well, think I might agree with that. I don't want a law enforcement officer to show that he doesn't. His training has not right. done anything for, right. for him. Well, and the thing is, so when he when he fired at the man who was running from him, this officer was running at the time, or he was still taking steps. That's a pretty reckless shot when there's other innocent bystanders yeah. around. Yeah, it, I mean that's no it's doubt hard about enough that. To hit. It's hard enough to hit a target with a pistol, anyway. And if you've got, um, if you're running, I mean, that's a that's a pretty low percentage shot. And for him to even, he made contact with two out of the three shots that he fired. That's pretty impressive shooting, as far as I'm concerned. If if you're running, it's hard. To, yeah, um, yeah, like I said, it's hard even if you're at a standstill. Yeah, it's you hard know, even at a standstill. How far still. the target is, but when you're mm-hmm. moving, yeah. uh, there's a whole lot to consider uh, when yeah, you're running. Especially when you've got when you've got um, other bystanders around, yeah, yeah. that's that's kind of a reckless shot. And that's when you don't shoot when you got bystanders that's, around. And, and sometimes you might need to, but it needs to be a pretty desperate case when you've got bystanders around. If 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 you've got a mass killer out there shooting a bunch of people, then you might need to. But if it's somebody who's trying to run away and he's only armed with a taser, you know that's a you might want to think. Yeah, well, I don't think. You might want to think. Yeah. You do you want better. to think. Yeah, you better be careful. Kind of goes back to training, training, right. training. Yeah, right. Well, yeah. And, and then, then I wonder how much training they really got. Right. That, that's that's the key, and that's something that we need to be looking at uh, with uh, the police. We got to make sure that they're getting the proper training and enough training so that, and you know this, Iverson, mm-hmm. you're in the military, that it becomes second nature Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Because you've got to be able to fall back on your training when the adrenaline yep. rush comes. Without thinking. That's right. It's, right. it's just what you do. Because when the adrenaline rush comes, you get mm-hmm. and it will come oh, in that yes. situation, oh, yes. it can make you completely think completely wrongly. Right. You do get stupid moment. situations like that. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I've, I've, you know, I had a tree service for a while, and so you know, when I first started it, working off up high off the ground, wherever else, I probably would have been unsafe with a lot of things because I, I'm still afraid. And wait, probably. <laughs> yeah, I saw well, you when you were doing that. It, there was no probably, but but after about having it. after having done it for years, it bec- did become second nature. And I, I and could, some of that though. Probably you should still have not done. Probably yes, <laughs> but 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 a lot. But a lot didn't of help with swimming any. Well, no, hey, I help. Hey, I'm or ex- holding his breath. Hey, I'm an excellent swimmer. It's just that thing when you pass out underwater, you just can't swim very well. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's 
that's the truth. That, that's that's, that's, call, that's a callback to something that happened. <laughs> it did happen. Yes. How long ago has that now been? It's you know it's been it's about four weeks or four years. Four years. This See, month. I was going to say three. This this month four it was four years. years. And so about a few days ago, I was getting out of the hospital four years ago. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, he was, went down and was, was seeing if he could hold his breath, I think, for three minutes, wasn't it? Well, no, it was a two-minute breath hold is what okay. I was intending. But my problem was that I was exhausted when I did it. Yeah. And so normally two minutes sounds like a long time. Now listen it's, to it's this, Heidi, because I want you to learn from what yeah. Paul's saying so, here. No, so normally two minutes, from what I understand with most people, is not enough to make you pass out if you're rested and you're calm. Uh-huh. But if you're exhausted, well... <laughs> Kind of all bets are off at that point. Okay. So that, that was my problem was I was exhausted and two minutes was enough to let me pass out. And he passed and out did. Under, under water. Underwater wow. in the deep and, end of the pool. And thank goodness for snow yeah, because Timoth- he jumped in and pulled you out of yeah, there. Yeah, Timothy Snow look, went looking for me. So apparently he didn't see me pass out. Nobody saw, saw me pass out. He noticed me missing. And they didn't see any bubbles. Yeah, well, that's and, – and so so he finally just kind of got worried and started looking for me around the bottom of the pool, I guess. And he saw me face down the bottom, pulled me up. Oh, I didn't know you were face down. I thought you were sitting. Well, no, by the time by the time he found me, I'd fallen over. You were going, to, you were going to the dead man's float already. So, so what wow. the, the thing is, what I, what I had been doing, and I kind of made a policy of that when I would hold my breath, I would stand up on the bottom of the pool. Oh, okay. That way, if you see me, well, you can't stand in the bottom of a pool and and, and maintain balance because you'll fall over. Right. Um, you know, you were talking about practice and training, and it just came to mind. Sometimes there's variables there that's is. outside <laughs> in the real world you don't find in the classroom. <laughs> right. So you have to go outside and practice what you've learned in the real world, yeah, so the, and, and then you can learn a few things the hard way. Right, so the, the, the lifeguards <laughs> at the pool got, got to try out CPR on me. <laughs> So, you know, uh, the bottom line and what we're talking about, if you training. just joined us, about training and doing the training enough that it becomes second nature. That's what, why you do it over and over and over and over again in the military, because before you go into battle, a lot of times your platoon sergeant or or whomever might say to you, fall back on your training, fall back on your training. Fall back on your training because you, you train for all types of situations and they try to put as much pressure as they can on you in your training. That's why there's live gunfire at times mm-hmm. and while there, why there's explosions because that will start the adrenaline flow in, in your body and that makes it tough to think sometimes. If you can, and if you can reduce that first initial adrenaline shock – Oh, you get a surge. Let me tell <laughs> yeah. you. I mean, but if you can if you can reduce that in training, then yeah. maybe you can keep people's yeah. heads. If you've never heard a, a big gun, I'm not yeah. talking about something they sell on the market. Not, here. not yeah. a rifle. We're talking yeah. about something with a diameter that you can stick your yeah. arm I, inside. If you've of, never though. heard one of those or a real grenade mm-hmm. uh, explode, it is a very different experience. Yeah, have somebody uh, open up with a bar around you. Yeah. Yeah, that'd get your attention. Let me that, tell you. Go that ahead. reminds me of what I was watching this weekend. My grandfather was a World War II veteran, so I'm a World War II history buff. If you go to Netflix, there's a Medal of Honor. That's a great show. Uh, show on there you can watch. About the fifth or sixth episode is a gentleman that ten people were basically told to hold off the enemy at all costs while their unit retreated out of in the Battle of the Bulge, which was Hitler's last run on on the uh, Allied forces. And uh, all of his troops were killed very early except him. And uh, he held them off 
for 48 hours the the russian army offer i mean the german German. army held the german army from entering this town for 48 hours and uh uh, they shot cannons in the building that he was in and everything Mm. else and he held a street for 48 hours by himself basically just standing up as a sniper almost yeah and there's another one when you're talking about training there's another one on there where a man rushed three machine gun like 50 caliber machine gun boxes. Wow. The Germans would put one where you were on the X. When you reached the first machine gun, you were what they call on the X for the next one. And when you got that one, there was one was looking that the one down in on Italy? it. Uh-huh, that was the that one in Italy. That guy got shot like five times. Five times with a wow. high caliber. Oh, and kept wow. going. But he was using his training to weave yes. and to bob and yeah. to fall down. And, uh, you know, ran in single-handedly and captured three machine gun nests yeah and then turned around to go after another one and ended up getting killed then he then he ended up died but he was shot four or five times incredible when you think about training you know he he put himself in a position where he probably wasn't going home but his training allowed him to do something that was super human in my in my opinion and nobody brave i i always like when people say uh he won the Medal of Honor. Nobody no. wins. No. They the get nominated. You're, right. you're presented. Mm-hmm. You're awarded. Awarded. The, the Medal of Honor. And most of the time, it's you're not alive. That's exactly yeah. right. You're yeah. not alive when they give it to you. Some, some extraordinary Nick Bacon was stories. one of the few that got it when he was still alive. And, you know, to this day, I know that Nick has passed now. Uh, he lost his battle with cancer. But I, uh, I sat down and talked with him many a time. Wow. And uh, he was a Medal of Honor winner here wow. in Arkansas. And uh, he didn't like talking about it. Most don't, they? He didn't like talking. Well, that's the way you know if people were really at something a mm-hmm. lot of times, is if they want to yammer on about it all the time. Yeah, they, they, say, blah, 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 yeah, yeah. they probably weren't there. Yeah. yeah a lot of the World War II veterans just, they came My home. My dad didn't talk about yeah, it. and they didn't talk about it. They went to work, and they just, they didn't talk about it. And they, they weren't over there. For, yeah, they were not over there for just a year, you know, two or two. They were right. over there until the end. Yeah. When they left the farms, the factories, uh, the families, they didn't come back until Hitler was uh, dispatched. Yeah, now th- that's not to say they didn't get R and R. They did get. They some did get R and R, but they did not come. But back. not a lot. Yeah, yep. And their R and R was, you know, go to the dance hall and have a dance that you paid for with the girls that were there dancing, and uh, get a cup of coffee. Yeah. And even if they were wounded, they healed up, you know. And went back. And went back. And went if back. They could, if, excuse me, yeah, if they if could. If they all could at all. Well, they yeah, went back. You, did, so, you, didn't have air, you didn't have the same kind of airplane travel like you have today where you can go home on for a few days and come back because they were, they were still traveling on ships back then. Yep. Let's take a break. we got to do that. R.D. has gotten here. He's a little late, but he's leaving a little early. I like that. <laughs> That's a good way of putting it, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'd make a good government employee, wouldn't I? You would. You, you really would. And, and, you get, and, and you'd be looking for overtime. Uh, Paul is here as well, and so is Iverson Jackson. Jan is off today because she is uh, visiting her father down, I think, in Texarkana. We'll come back. we got more to talk about. Uh, this whole lead-up is leading up to something that I watched over the weekend that I thought was just absolutely fantastic and leads us into the discussion of all the people pulling down statues right now. We'll talk about all of it when we come back on the Dave Ellswick Show. 
Okay, so we're talking about training, and we got into, uh, well, we're not talking about training. We got into talking about training and how you fall back on your training when, you know, what's the easy, when the when the Shiite hits the fan, mm. okay? Uh, and and when that happens, you got you got to just go with what you've been trained. And what they try to do in training, if they can, and I'm going to say probably smaller police forces and some of the county police forces do not have the ability to put you in a building where the things pop up and all of that kind of stuff where they can kind of give you some real tension while you're in that, you know, the building and you don't want to shoot a, a woman with a baby. You want to shoot the bad guy uh, as you're making you're making your way through it, whatever. But it's that pressure that they can do that uh, makes you ready to to simulate what it's like when the real thing comes. And let me just say, when the real thing comes, and Iverson, maybe you'll you'll agree with me or whatever, but the bottom line is that it's far worse than whatever you had while you were training. That's a fact. That's a fact. That's you know when you and, and it's that's the why real you have deal. To take then training so seriously. You know, you, it tries to prepare you for all those things uh, that might happen, that could happen. And, and that's the uh, the beauty of it is you get to train in relative safety and, and you that's know, on our part. but you get to train over and over and over until it becomes second nature. And, uh, you know, if you think about the nature of war uh, is dangerous. It's the very nature of it is, is stress. Mm-hmm. And the nature of something like a, a being a policeman is stress. Yes. The very nature of it is. Every day when you get in your patrol car. Every day. Every day. And and when you answer a call, you just never know what you're going to. You know, whenever I was watching this, they were, uh, what we were talking about before, the Medal of Honor recipients, that uh, you never know how men are going to react in that situation, no matter what the training is. So you can give people all the training in the world, is what this general said. Some but people you never will, know how Some people will react go into the fetal it. position, and others just, it's, it's just, just nothing bothers but, them. But there has to be policies in place that when you have people that don't react appropriately in the stressful situations that that there is a system to get them out of that field out of that situation and uh too oftentimes people know that there's someone that has a problem in those situations they don't get they and, don't and get there out. and there needs to be a way to get them out of it, it, it you know in in a in a way that People don't get in trouble and everything else. I, I knew a guy that was an eighteen wheeler uh, trainer. He trained people to drive eighteen wheelers. He said, "Some people, I just said, you need to go find a different profession yeah. because you're going to get killed or kill somebody yeah. doing this." And he had the authority to do that without being sued or, or without there being repercussions of doing it. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, yeah. Makes, makes sense. All right, we're down to thirty seconds. Paul, did you have something you want to add? Well, Thirty seconds. I, I think it is a reality because we're we're um, the fact is that like as R D was saying, when you don't have um, the ability, sometimes it's not a moral issue. It's just you're just too clumsy for for an issue like that. And someone needs to step up and say, "Hey, you need to find something else to do." And because if you continue, you're going to hurt somebody. And that's wrong. Yeah, and if you do it and you happen to be part of a group of people, you can get them killed and get yourself killed as well. News is up. 
All right, so we spent the first half hour of the show to get to what I'm going to bring up right now. <laughs> and that is, if you have the chance, if you have cable or if you have, uh, I don't know, DirecTV or Dish or whatever it might have, and you get the History Channel. And uh, I highly recommend the uh, the show that they just did. I recorded it, watched it uh, yesterday. I binged it. It was six hours long. No, I've been. It's probably only five hours and three quarters because I get I fast forward through all the commercials. Uh, it was about Ulysses S. Grant. Now, I knew some things about Grant, but I didn't know the story that they proposed to you in this. And uh, it's based on his memoirs that he wrote. And by the way, I ordered them for my Kindle yesterday. Cost me ninety nine cents. And uh, if you want, if you want a book and you want to hold a book in your hands, it'll cost you about seventeen dollars for a paperback. And it's got to be six pounds, I would think, because it's two volumes and it's a lot of it's thousands of wor- words. And when he wrote it, he had uh, throat cancer. <clears throat> And uh, during that time, he's quoted as saying that taking a drink of water was like drinking molten lead, is what he said. Uh, He finished up the book, and uh, his ghostwriter was a guy by the name of Samuel Clements. You know who that was, right? Yeah. Yeah, Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Mark Twain. Uh, He was broke at the time, the president was, because he had started an investment firm with his son, and the guy that they started with, the guy by the name of Ward, was the Bernie Madoff mm. of that time and totally destroyed his family's fortunes and stuff. And as you watch this show and you get to that to the end of his life and you wonder, what else can happen to this guy? I mean, it was he was tough coming up. As they kept saying during it, it was hard scrabble. Uh, he was clawing his way up slowly but surely. And then when he finally got to being able to take care of his family and everything the way he would want to, then everything fell through again. He was back in poverty. So uh, Samuel Clement saved basically his family. But he finished the manuscript with uh, with Mark Twain. Three days later, he died. Oh, wow. They said that he willed himself to stay alive to finish that book. So I've just started reading it, and it's just the first line is amazing when he says, I am an American. My family is an American. And he talks about, and every part of my family is American. And uh, and he really, really was. And it's a great, this was a great series. Um, I learned a lot of things. They did a whole hour. Now, I've been down to Vicksburg three times. I find that place fascinating, and uh, it's inter- And you know, if you want to knock over some statues, try to do that one. <laughs> I think you have a hard time doing it. There's so many of them, but you can walk around Vitz- Vicksburg, and uh, and you can see and envision in your mind the battle lines and stuff. But it was more of a siege than a battle. Uh, but Grant had to get past Vicksburg. They had to go down the Mississippi, go past Vicksburg, and then cross the Mississippi at a narrow point and then come up from the back on Vicksburg. And he went out to Jackson first, defeated the, the Confederate Army there, 
and then turned around and and came back towards Vicksburg, and that's when they dug in and the siege began. What I found interesting is nobody thought they could get past the uh, the artillery that was trained on the Mississippi because that place was a fortress. As a Pembroke, I think, was the, the general for the uh, the Confederacy there. And he had all of his cannon and everything, and he had the Mississippi zeroed in. So they send the ironclads down the Mississippi. They, the tops of them were very thin, so they put all kinds of hay bales and stuff on the top, put hay bales around the back of it, try to muffle the engines and all the rest to get past. And the general of the Navy noticed something. He noticed that the cannonballs were hitting his ships, but they were only hitting the tops of his smokestacks. They could fire at him, but they couldn't hit him too low. Next to. Or they were aimed too high. Yeah. They couldn't get to the bottom right along the edge of the river. So they, they went right down the edge of the Mississippi got through and then ferried all of the uh, uh, the troops over, they made a 200-mile march in 17 days. Sounds a little providential, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a lot of walking. Sometimes in, in those time. situations you have to dive in and walk on faith and figure it out as you go along. He did a lot of that, Grant. <laughs> Grant well, you know what Grant did? Grant said, it's got to be done. Yes. And he'd go do, get it done. And, you know, it may cost a lot of people's lives. That was that was one of the things but that people were Lincoln frustrated Lincoln told him, and especially when he came out of the Western campaign to the Eastern to, campaign, he says, I want you to attach yourself to General Lee and continue pressing him until you defeat him. Right. And that's exactly what Grant did. And I mean battle going through the wilderness and the whole battles that happened in virginia holy cow battles where thirty-five thousand men between the two sides died in one day i mean they called him a butcher at times and it wasn't that he was a butcher the only way that you could win was to continue to press well, that's, that's what they call the a battle enemy. of attrition. That's what yeah. it was. It's a battle of attrition, and you just have to outnumber And them. that's what the that's Union the had over the, over the Confederacy. Exactly they, right. had, they had people. They had people, and they had factories. And you know what the biggest thing they said was? What's that? When they gave guns to African Americans yes. to join the Union Army. Because yeah. they fought Talk like banshees. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They knew that's what they were like, fighting for. That's like uh, also another thing we get into battle history here. There's I don't like the <laughs> language in it, but also Netflix. There's one that's metal. Uh, it's a mission of honor. Mm-hmm. The Polish, a lot of the Polish pilots defected and came to England to fight the Germans. And there, there was one troop there that was responsible for twenty percent of the, of the, of the uh, shooting down of German planes. Yeah, and that was killed. the Polish. Of the yeah, of the Polish uh, fighting Germany because of, they'd watched their families, you know, slaughtered mm-hmm. in in Poland. So when they came back and they put them in planes, they found out that they had a mission, mm-hmm. and uh, 
and they killed more than like 10 other units all added together. Wow. Wow. So they were 20% of it. They actually changed the tide of the war. This one group of pilots changed the uh, the tide of the war. Well, their motivation was a little different, wasn't it? <laughs> That's yeah. exactly yeah. It's right. It's a little different when you're fighting for your own land. That's exactly right. So you had, you had it, it does, you know, for about, uh, it's a six-hour-long docuseries. Each, there's three parts to it. Each part is two hours long. And by the time you get to the end, when you're getting to the end, the last two hours, it makes the move from the Civil War days into reconstruction and i did not realize how much grant did positively yes he, for african-americans it was amazing what the well, man he did for build him. the south also i mean well he took over it, for andrew johnson who was an idiot yeah right so the, yeah he did some positive things after the war for both i think the south and african-americans well, he, to he rebuild died, a lot of the stuff that he'd torn down when he died when they had the funeral for him in new york city which looked as big as lincoln's in fact he was the most popular man in america at the time lincoln and i and this i didn't know either did you know that lincoln i knew lincoln was assassinated mm-hmm. but i did not realize he was assassinated five days after the civil war was over yeah five yeah. days he yeah. was shot and on the way to the theater, Grant's carriage was stopped by a man on horseback who looked inside the carriage and did not recognize him, and, uh, and it was John Wilkes Booth. Booth had in his mind that he was going to decapitate the American government. He was going to kill Lincoln. He was going to kill uh, whoever was the uh, vice president. The, the, the vice president. That's Johnson. Uh, he was going to knock off the uh, uh, the head of war. I don't know what the what the title at that time yeah. was, and he was going to kill Grant. Those are the wow. four people he was going to kill. He got he killed one of them. Wow! And it he was had the President Lincoln, kill Grant and he, and he could have got rec- Grant, Grant right him. there if he had wow. recognized him. But I guess being in in coattails and a mm-hmm. in a top hat, uh, he didn't look like wow. people had seen him as, and uh, uh, you know Grant said providence you know he talks about how providence protected him but they were having problems the kkk of course started right after the civil Mm -hmm. war and they were having really bad problems especially in louisiana you you mean the kkk that stemmed from the democrat party that's right all of all of the stuff that was going on in the south was democrats you know and that those things are are usually not tied together no and that's one of the things that i really try to harp on it's because those things are are not tied together it was a republican party that pushed that pushed for for civil rights for civil rights but we're the party of civil rights yeah yeah so yeah so anyway uh they came to grant and uh, they they sat down with him, and he says, well, you know, you had these problems during the Civil War. You know, during the war, you had, you know, people that would stop fighting, but then they would become, uh, you know, form up into militia groups and things of that nature and attack our troops. And what did you do? He said, well, we had to come up with people who can infiltrate, people who could spy and all that. And he says, do it again. And crush them mm-hmm. crush them and they went down and they started arresting people 
left and right that were tied to the uh, Ku Klux Klan. And in one year, one year, mind you, from between 42 and 43, I think it was, he literally just, uh, just took apart the KKK. Now, the KKK was around and came back strong uh, during during the 30s and, and some other times. But the uh, the bottom line is that Grant went down and took care of business. He and I wonder, war on them. May I just ask <laughs> yeah. this question? Why don't we do the same thing against people like Antifa today, except that we got one party in our country that gives them cover? Yeah. Or Planned Parenthood. They need yeah. to read the first line of that book you said. Yeah. We are I'm all Americans. Americans. We're all Americans. We're that all says Americans. Yeah. That says it. I mean, the, the, I mean, the first line, when you said that first line, that sums up the whole problem in this right. country besides referring to, you know, referring to God as a source of authority of right and wrong. Mm-hmm. If, we're all, if we're all Americans, then that solves the problem right there. And we're so, all the same. So we're I, all the same. I said right. all this about Grant to bring up this statement. The idiot that toppled the Grant statue over the weekend. What is wrong? See, this is what tells you. They don't know who. Yeah, that's exactly right. This has nothing to do with tearing down Confederate statues or whatever. This is just about attacking the history of the United States. You're pulling down Jefferson. You're pulling down Washington. You're pulling down Grant. Are you out of your minds? Uh, stupidity knows no bounds. And, uh, and you know, this is what happens when you <clears throat> we have an education system that it's doesn't not, it's, teach it. Yeah, it doesn't it, teach it. The education no system is a misnomer. Yeah, no, the indoctrination <laughs> system. Uh, That's that, true. And, and folks don't know because you talk to people about just the basic things that we think are basic, and they just they have no clue at all. You know what made me mad though in the show? It was one little, one little thing, and they're talking about how the Republican Party was the party of of uh, civil rights. They showed one Democrat, and they showed Lyndon Baines Johnson, and that dude was as racist as they come. Yeah, come on, man! Why would you even show Johnson? That's ridiculous. I mean, they we know, know we know what know Johnson said after they they yeah. passed silver. And why did how did they pass it? Because the Republicans because passed it. Wasn't was a Democratic Party they, that did it? That's right. That's another lack of history right there. They just did not know history. And uh, coming up, and I and uh, I'll get you a copy of it. But coming up in the uh, Republican uh, uh, Party state meeting next month that they're going to have, there is a resolution that is going to be proposed in that state meeting that says that any school that public that republicans of arkansas believe that any school that teaches uh with public money has to spend equal time on creation as they do evolution and that history is key oh, to our wait. history I, I is can't key wait to, to our listen future. to the newspaper squeal so uh, i'm yeah. kind of letting the cat out of the bag but but there is a resolution from lone oak county mm-hmm. that says that we need to spend equal amount of time on creation and evolution and the history is key to our future of this country and i think history yes. really is key but the problem is i do not trust government to teach history because they, they will well, get it wrong not well, none of us sitting at this table do however maybe if they have to teach some the kids will pick up a few things along the way we'll talk so. more about this we got to take a break let's do that rd you're up when we come back you can tell talk a little bit more about this uh, 10 till 7 here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. 
We continue here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Paris Denard will be with us at 8.06, and we'll talk to him about the uh, Trump rally in Tulsa. Now, Trump's got plenty of other rallies coming up, and the news media is trying to make hay that uh, it wasn't as big as his previous rallies. Now, when you look at everything that happened, I'm surprised that they even had 100 people there, to be honest. Mm -hmm. You had people trying to sabotage him online. Uh, You had Antifa and all kinds of protesters around uh, the arena, making it very difficult for people to get there. You got a pandemic still going on. And uh, I have to say, I think the president was a little bit of of the result of not having a big crowd was he's yeah, he was they were pushing that they had 800,000 to a million people signed up well here's the key you, what's your chance of getting in right yeah why would you if show a, up? Yeah. If a million people yeah. are showing up i wouldn't go yeah. I, w- I wouldn't show up and that's what happened you know so yeah. are, aren't they in arizona tomorrow or do, or do you seems, seems like i know? heard something about that I can't yeah remember. so i'll have to i'll look it up and and make sure all right i want to go back i want to get rd in here that's another topic we'll get into here in a minute but i this is something i didn't know about so go ahead rd okay the uh every two years the republican party of arkansas reviews its rules and reviews its platform and resolutions and uh, I believe if you're a member of a party, whether it be Democrat or Republican, you need to know what the platform of that party mm-hmm. is. And so uh, this is a resolution from Lone Oak County that's going to be voted on at the next uh, Republican uh, a platform committee, which will be coming up next month. So uh, if you'd like, I, I'll, I'll do my best to read it here. Go, you go ahead and read quick. it. Uh, this is uh, the proposal, the Arkansas Republican platform on education it says we believe uh, we believe that public education system as arkansas should be founded on god-given principles it is not where one starts in life that determines their future but rather how one uses their god-given given talents to face both opportunity and adversity that defines a person a state and a nation We believe a firm grasp on history and knowledge of the accomplishments and mistakes of our founders is key to our future. Understanding our history will prepare the future leaders to build upon the foundation that was laid. We believe that capitalism and personal responsibility will always triumph over socialism and an overbearing government. Arkansas will provide the best opportunity for free people to create, pursue the education necessary to follow their dreams while using their talents to care for those in need, particularly our veterans, our elderly, and our disabled population. We believe that public schools that teach the theory of evolution must also spend equal amount of classroom time and materials teaching the theory of creation. All men and women are created equal. Every person has a soul that is precious in God's sight. Access to all of the information being taught in the public schools in this state will be provided to the parents of the students at all times. Education starts at home, and parents must know what their children are being taught. Okay, so that is not a part of the platform as of yet. 
when the Republican, uh, the Arkansas Republican Party gets together next month, and I got to find that that exact date because I'm going to go down and broadcast from it. That'd be great. Uh, that's going to be put on the floor for a vote, correct? Exactly. All right. I believe it's as a resolution right now. All right. As a resolution right now, which I think it's that's a step in a positive direction. Well, yeah, it is. Anything that gets it up so that it has to be voted on um, is a positive uh, step. We'll have Doyle Webb on quite a few times over the next couple of months now because we are starting our countdown for uh, coverage of the RNC. I'm going. Uh, Heidi is going. And uh, we're going to see what's going on at the convention in August in Jacksonville. Uh, we've got a spot on the air where I let you know as a business owner if you want to be part of that coverage. If you'll just give a call to um, uh, Lynn Dyer here at station, she's got several packages she can talk to you about. It's really not all that expensive, so you can be uh, you can be part of it. Uh, we'll talk more about that and other things here on the Dave Ellswick Show. We're going to talk more about toppling statutes. I think statues, that's something to talk about when we come back. It's the Dave Ellswick Show. Iverson Jackson is here, along with Paul Calvert, R.D. Hopper. Jan Morgan is out of the saddle today. She'll be back next week as well. We've got more to talk to you about, but that happens after the news, which is next. Hope you enjoyed the news. Iverson Jackson is here. Iverson, name of your church? Zoe Bible Church. Okay, because I, I forget. I forget. I, I firmly will tell you at 67 years old, <laughs> I do forget some things. When you come visit us, Dave, you'll never forget there again. There you go. I'll never forget. <laughs> All right. Uh, Paul Calvert is here as sure. well as R.D. Hopper. R.D.'s with us for about another half hour. Then he's got a skadoodle because... Is it, that shows you my age. How many people say skadoodle today? I had heard uh, it recently. <laughs> he's he's going to take off so he can get to a meeting, and he's got to get there and, and take care of some stuff. So uh, he'll he'll rejoin us again next Monday. And so will Jan Morgan. She's out today. She spent time with her father uh, yesterday during Father's Day, and uh, a great time uh uh, for her, I'm sure. From what I can tell, it was a good time because I read some of her posts. So anyway, good for her and glad that she did that. Dow is up right now for the futures. They're saying it's uh, going to open 103 points uh, up early, about four-tenths of a percent, and about 25,632 is what they're they're saying right now. So looks like the 
maybe the stock market will be up a little bit today. It was down last week on Friday by 208 points. It's going to be this way for a while, folks, because you know what they're doing? They're watching and seeing what's uh, who's opening what mm-hmm. in each state. Uh, today it's going up. You know why? Da, 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 da. Anyway, Jeopardy, uh, final Jeopardy. <laughs> it's because uh, Como is in in, in uh, taking New York into phase, phase two. two. Okay, that's maybe the reason. That, maybe that, that'll spark. It is spark. Some some it, it, it should. So it will should there be spark. more people on the street than rats now? No, oh, yeah, yeah, boy. I tell you, by, by weight or by Those numbers. Are some strange <laughs> pictures when you look at Times Square and stuff, mm. and there's nobody there. Uh, that just is amazing uh, now you'll see more people on the streets people are going to go back to work now well, in New that's York. like a sci-fi that's movie yeah. new york with no people yeah that's like watching last man on earth or yeah. something you mm-hmm. know that's that's a legend uh-huh. with with uh, will smith which mm-hmm. was the last man on earth done again it's been done three times so it really is kind of scary though because you get these massive population centers like new york city or los angeles or some of the other chicago Places like that, if you do really have a serious um, plague-type illness going around and you have public transportation, public schools, you have factories uh, and you have office buildings where people are close together and it's just a kind of a ripe situation for spreading disease. I mean, it's just it's kind of scary. Whereas but Alabama, life is scary. It is scary. Life is scary. And, and but it has to go on. It does have to go on. It has to go on. It does have to go on. You can't real, live in the basement right. forever. No, I agree. And I, I'm not uh, a real big fan of big cities Joe Biden anyway. is going to challenge that. <laughs> well, <laughs> you think they might lock him down in the um, in the bunker? I think the Democrat Party wants to lock him down and there, keep so. him there. Hmm. Yeah. Poor, poor old white guy. Huh? I, I, I think yeah, his wife may have to do more and more talking for him. Yeah, I don't know. So we were watching an, uh, a Joe Biden ad earlier, and he he stumbles in his speech, and you know it doesn't bother me that somebody stumbles in their speech in normal everyday talking because all of us do that. But this is a presidential campaign ad that's that's going nationwide, from what I can tell. Is that is it being put out? Is that like a a, a spoof one? Or no, it's no, no. It's true. It's the real thing, as far as I can tell. And, and it's not like one of the one of the the bloopers that get Saturday it Night out. It was, this is after they so. did it a hundred times, and I, that's I, the best they could come I, up I'm with. Assuming come up it's, with. I'm <laughs> assuming that's the best take they could come up I with. I think it's like four words you know, put together at once, and that was the best they could get. That's through. his limit. I, don't know. I mean, yeah, it was, that's it, his it, limit. Well, the thing is, it's. Because you and I do the same thing. All of us stumble. Oh, I've tried to do commercials before. Oh, yeah. and, and, and you have to take a lot I of takes. I have to admit, I had to do it, you know, 50 or 100 times. <laughs> to make it sound I, like I you wanted to. It, but, you know, I didn't but, put them out until I got it right. But Right. But you And you weren't <laughs> sending it to millions of people either. You were sending it to may, yeah, maybe yeah, locally, a, a yeah. few tens of thousands of people that would hear it. And you weren't running a presidential, presidential campaign for the purpose of making people think you're, you're smart enough to rule over them. But the background yeah. is nice, Paul. I guess the, back, if you the can background get, in that uh, if you video get, is nice. If you can get past the, 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 the fact was there that, an American flag in it? Let me see. Here. I said um, nice, not uh, nice. American. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> what is he uh, running for? <laughs> he's running for his oh, life. Man, it's if you don't have an American flag in a presidential ad, I'm thinking uh, that there there may be a problem. But you know, one thing, Dave, if I can, I like. 
to report back on you know the republican party of arkansas did elect delegates to go to yes they did to put forth donald trump and i would have to say are you going no i'm not going i'm not going i I have to stay home and work but uh but uh but i do have to say i've been a, a part of the party for many years and supported them for many years but i've never seen them as united as they are yeah. right now would you say that's fair to say i would say that is absolutely fair to say uh that was a great uh, meeting this past saturday uh and uh the delegates were all excited and uh, looking forward to going how many people were there at the meeting you know, we were in a room that would normally hold a thousand people, mm-hmm. and on, the only people that are votes are, are st- I think, state committee people, men and women, and, and different uh, people it's from the county. Right, uh, but there was two hundred. There was, I would say, if, just shooting off the top of my head, there were two hundred people in a room that would hold a thousand, well, so they, we could have, have, have spacing. You had to have your spacing, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. we did it by by state code, so there was able to have a a good meeting by by the governor's state code, mm-hmm. and, and they did it safely. Well, that, that Hot Springs Convention Center is nice. Is that where you guys? No, were we at? were at the Arlington. Oh, you were at the Arlington. Yeah, Arlington. yeah. okay. Well, we the and they had a lot of room there too. Yeah, well. they've got a big room there that holds a thousand people. It wow. was probably at twenty percent capacity mm-hmm. with us all spread out. But it felt uh, our day. It felt kind of full because you know the way we were spaced. There, there wasn't yeah. any you know empty space uh, no, there. They, no, they did a good job. You know, spacing everything out, and and the room was full. I'd hate to see what it looked like with a thousand people in it, but. Uh, <laughs> But 20%, it felt full, but everybody was on the same page. And uh, there were people, everybody that run as a delegate and an alternate got to have 30 seconds to say why they wanted to go. And uh, there were young people there. (laughs) There were people from the uh, country that was there that aren't professional speakers. So it wasn't all the politicians (laughs) that we're used to hearing. And to me, it was inspiring Mm -hmm. to see such a a diverse group of people on the same page. As I understand it, this will be the most diverse group uh, that Arkansas will ever send, has ever sent to the uh, to the national convention, oh, and cool. I gotta say, well done. Uh, Dave, my name was the first one called. What? <laughs> yeah. So you're going, going, huh? I'm going. going. I'll see you there. Well, then I expect uh, that you will be on my show. While yes, I'm there. sir. Yes, All sir. Right. He was elected. Yes. Right. So I'm very Fantastic. thankful and and very humbled. Uh, you know, to go. This was is it my first time for you. Well, I, I don't know. I'm sure it, it was sealed. It was sealed voting. So I don't know. Voting. All I want is my name to be called. So whether it was unanimous or by one, <laughs> I'm won. going. Yeah, so you're I'm going. thankful. Okay. And I appreciate uh, the confidence that the people showed. Now, you were, we were talking about how in the big cities, the streets are, are empty. Well, not so in Chicago, where they had 80 six people shot and 21 fatalities over the weekend over the week oh wow 21 people were shot to death in chicago i tell you what if if the black lives mattered people really cared i think they'd They'd be be on the street trying to stop they'd be in the middle of that wow you would think but it doesn't fit the no but 86 to one they're they're in seattle trying to reestablish segregation That, sir, right. I'm not lying about this. Well, I mean, they, they, if I'm lying, I'm dying. Well, I am dying. I've always been dying ever <laughs> since I was born. But here's the bottom line. In Seattle, they're making no-go zones unless you're black. 
Uh-oh. Are you serious? Yeah, they're segregating it. Why? Wait a second. If we were segregated as a country, yeah. and then we integrated or tried to integrate as a country, and now they're going back and they want to segregate again. I don't understand you people. They're confused. They really Absolutely are. Absolutely confused. And that's what happens when you have confusion and you got you got all this, as the scripture says, every evil work. And that's what you got going on here. Now, is is there racism still going? Yes. I'll give you a good example. Bubba Wallace, only black NASCAR driver right mm-hmm. now, pushed to have the Confederate flag banned from NASCAR races. They found a noose up in his uh, his garage mm-hmm. yesterday. Now, that's uncalled for. The, the, that that is uncalled for, and, and you can't support anything like that. But you know, uh, sometimes you know if you go back and look at the people that have really made the difference, though it's people that live their life in the right way and people mm-hmm. that quietly worked. Sometimes it's not it's not trying to shove something down somebody's throat. I should say. Yeah. And I'm not trying to be negative, but if you want to win people over. You know, you do it by the way you live your life and your actions, not by the way, you know, Black Lives Matter causing all these trouble and putting things in your face. It's, you know, you need to, you know, if you want to speak loudly, sometimes it speaks softly and show people the the way you should you should act and the way you should be. Yeah. I mean, treat people like people. That's exactly right. We're all Americans. That's it. We're all Americans. And and, you know. The Democratic Party is supposed to be the party of diversity and, and accepting people the way they are. That's what they put forward. If you agree with them. Uh, yes, yeah. 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 So uh, is all this is going on is this uh, and and I'm not supporting what anybody has done that's unlawful or, or uh, is not treating other people the way you would want to be treated in the same situation. The golden rule. But. If you want to, if you want to make a difference, you know, make a difference, but make a difference by being an example of the way you want everybody to act. Yeah. Well, I, I and I, I agree wholeheartedly with that. I was just pointing out that, you know, somebody hung up a, a noose. That's terrible. Yeah. In uh, in Bubba Wallace's uh, garage, and you know, I don't understand people like that. It's a kind of a, a it didn't a, a silent threat. Well, yeah, of sorts. I that's mean, sad. that's pretty, pretty that's straight. Sad. It'd be just as no different than if you walked in and there had been a report of a fire and they'd been burning a cross in front of his garage. It's same thing. Yeah. So the nothing positive, what, what I was trying to say, if I don't say it, nothing positive comes from anything like that. No. no it no. doesn't come from tearing down stores or burning buildings. It doesn't come from hanging up nooses or, or making threats. Both there's 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 wrong on, on, on all sides of this issue, but two wrongs never make a right. No. no you got to do what's right because it's right. Yeah, I, exactly. I agree. I mean, look, I, I got into it with the Klan in Cabot. I mean, we had, you know this as well as I oh, do. Oh, yeah. We had a, a large contingent of people mm-hmm. that, uh, I, I'm, I'm just going to say we were the second hottest place for the Klan other than Harrison, maybe, uh, here in Arkansas. And on uh, Martin Luther King Day, they always had a parade for Robert E. Lee because it was his birthday or whatever. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always said that the only reason that that happened is because, uh, you know, you're basically racist 
I mean, that's exactly why you were doing it. And they they were going to have a cross burning. Do you remember that, Artie? They're going to have oh, a cross I burning. Remember, I think just yes. about seven years ago, maybe. And I just said on the air, we don't need that kind of stuff. No. Stop it. I mean, you have all the right in the world if you know, on your personal property if you want to burn a, a cross, mm-hmm. all right? I think it shows your stupidity. But uh, you know, bottom line is, is that, uh, you know, I don't think it's good for the health uh, of, of our country at all. Uh, just like I don't think when they spray paint it, a lot of derogatory remarks on a veteran's uh, garage in Cabot. And uh, that's kind of stuff that I speak out about and, and right. hope that people understand that that's not the way we do everybody. I don't care what color, creed, or whatever you are. Uh, If you want to come and live in Cabot, come on. As long as you want to be a a positive addition, then we want you. It's just the way it is. You think, what what would make one person, one people, uh, think that they are actually better than, as a human being, better than another person or people? That's Nazis. Yeah. Exactly. Well, to, to some extent, it's human nature. Cause yeah, we're, we're, we're I do pri- we're believe pri- that. We're prideful, and we think, well, I'm, I'm, I'm better than anybody else out there. And so it's, we, we hold your thought. Naturally. Hold your thought. You get to pick it up okay. when we come back. Got to get a break in. It is our first break in the 7 o'clock hour, and uh, RG is going to have about eight minutes left when we come back. So you want to stick around to see if what else he's got for us today. All right. <laughs> it's Dave Ellswick's show. Stay, stay tuned for your traffic and weather. Don't forget about PI Roofing. They're ready to help you take care of your roof, and they'll do it today. And you can do it without having to break your social distancing, keep yourself, you and your family safe, because they want to keep themselves and their business safe. So everybody keep their social distancing. You can do all of your uh, pre-work done uh, over the telephone or over, uh, you know, um, the Internet. Go to piroofing.com or call 707-3551, and they'll come out, take a look at your roof. If there's problems with it, needs to be repaired, they'll talk to your insurance, get an adjuster out there, show them what they found, and the adjuster will make up their mind if they need to do what uh, they're saying they need to do. They won't let them do any more, but they will make sure that they get done what needs to be done. You keep that in mind. That's what PI Roofing, uh, Joel Johnson, his wife, uh, want you to know that they are out to keep you and your family safe during these unprecedented times. They've taken uh, you know the steps necessary that you're kept safe uh, from the uh, COVID-19 virus. That's PI Roofing, 707-3551 or piroofing.com we got three minutes to the bottom of the hour paul i cut you off unceremoniously uh before we went to the break i will let you now pick up what you were saying so the question was asked why do people um behave or think in racist ways and i i think part of it is just a simple kind of a, a human nature sort of thing we're, we're prideful we're selfish we we like to promote ourselves. And so when I see someone who I think is more like me than someone else, who's not as much like me, then I tend to want to, to um, cheer for the guy that's more like me. Does that make sense at all? Mm -hmm. And so 
Better put, birds of a feather flock sure, together. Sure, and so and so, if I'm watching sports, or I'm watching a war, or I'm or I'm, I'm I'm just watching things, a war. I mean, either even from a distance <laughs> or in a movie. Oh, if okay. you don't know anything, if you don't know anything about the people involved, a lot of times we will simply cheer for the side that's more like us, mm-hmm. and we do it. I mean, it's just kind of a, a, a human nature sort of thing. And as we become more um morally aware then we start to um to recognize who we should be cheering for if you will we we start to recognize that you know just because they look like us doesn't necessarily mean they are like us or just because they they they're more similar to us in body doesn't mean they're the people we should cheer for i mean again we're judging from the outside first right as as opposed to simply uh, as we mature we recognize that there are more important things, and, and we come to the to the realization at some point. You know what? Um, looks really don't matter that much when we're when we're born. We're selfish. We are when we're yeah. born. You know, and I believe Paul said, "Remember these things: add to your faith, virtue; your virtue, knowledge; knowledge, temperance, and patience." So we're supposed to be showing improvement as we go along. <laughs> Hopefully, we're improving as a country and as individuals. Or as the old saying, I like to throw out the axiom: Don't judge a book by, by its cover. cover. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You just don't do it. It just but. Iverson, and I'm going to ask you to pick up this thought when we come back because we're almost up for Rush Limbaugh here. And that is that uh, it just seems like to me the this new brand of protester totally is ignorant of race relations in the past in this country. So what would you do if you found you had an extra $287,619? And you had that for your retirement. I bet you you'd be all excited. I know I would be. And I know how I would spend some of that money. And that's how much a Little Rock couple could save in taxes with their IRA and 401k. uh, Thanks to the tax planning strategy from David Lucas Financial right here in Little Rock. Learn exactly how much money you could save with a free retirement tax analysis. I know a lot of you are worried about, you know, What's the next week going to prepare? You're not worried about 10, 15 years down the road, but you should be. Now you should be, and you should be balancing out uh, your retirement accounts, making sure you're going to make every dollar count because it's not how much you uh, retire with. It's how much you can spend when you retire. So if you have an IRA or a 401k, learn how much money in taxes you could save by calling 501-222-3315. That's 501-222-3315. Investment advisory services offered through David Lucas Financial and Arkansas Registered Investment Advisor. All right. I left with a, uh, a, a question for Iverson Jackson. Uh, here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And Iverson, I was saying that the people that are out protesting today mm-hmm. and the ones that are, you know, wrecking havoc out uh, in cities and things, I'm going to throw them all in the same pile just for a few moments. I'm not saying that they have the same uh, ending in mind for this country. However, it seems to me they know very little, very little about the history of this country. They know very little about the people 
who had their best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. And the two I can talk about, well, the, the one that I'll talk about uh, right off the bat is with Martin Luther King. Yeah. I, I don't hear any of these young people even bring his name up when they're being questioned on the street. Yeah, you know, Nate, when we look at the, uh, we're talking about the ignorance of race relations and the ignorance of the uh, so many, and when I say that, I'm not saying that to be demeaning uh, when you use the word ignorance, meaning you just don't know or you've ignored the uh, the facts. And and again, that goes back to our school systems where, where we're not being taught the true history of this country. And with people, you have the good, the bad, and the ugly. And it's that's just life. You have the good, the bad, and the ugly, and but you have to tell it all. You have to tell it all. And when you look at uh, what's going on today, you know that uh, most of these uh, young people have not been taught the history of this country, what has been done, the progress that has been made, and the progress that we're continuing to make. And they are being most of them are just being used by folks with other motives, uh, you know, higher up with other motives to destroy. Uh, what we've built in this country. So, uh, and I think about my own self. I'm 58. Okay, so I have I have a little history. I didn't know you were 58. <clears throat> I 58. thought you were like 51 or 52. Oh, well, yeah, that hurts. That that really hurts. Most people think I'm 35, 36. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around too long to think that. <laughs> but you know, I, I can still remember sitting in the first grade and uh, and hearing. Uh, then Miss uh, Johnson's class there at J.C. Cook Elementary down in Riceville and hearing about Dr. King being killed. I was in the first grade. So I remember when that happened and how it affected the neighborhood from a child's viewpoint, you know, seeing people just running through the hallway screaming. Uh, what are we going to do now? What are we going to do now? But all those things. And then you hear from the older generations of what they had to go through. Well, I didn't experience what the older generation, the the back of the bus and all the other things. I, I've really been blessed on the as far as race relations. They have come a long, long way. So when you say that you don't have equal opportunity, well, let's look at the school system from the standpoint of opportunity. Every, we have free education all the way through 12th grade and, and, and almost and through it's college. worth about as much as you pay for it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> so what is the excuse for not being prepared and and a lot of things that people are protesting it's not so much that it's about race it's about unpreparedness Mm -hmm. because we have the same opportunities and and if you think that it's easy to that it's hard today what do you think it was like 50 years i'm within that 50 year span or 100 years and there there are some differences some of it is that we've so-called advanced as a society and so there's a lot more regulations to get in the way of making businesses i think you'll see even back in the 20s and 30s, you, you had a lot, maybe even 50s and 60s, maybe mm-hmm. you had a lot more black-owned businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that might have been because of the fact that it didn't require you to, to, to jump through so many hoops to go out and open up a little parts store yeah. or, a, or a sewing shop or, a, or a, a boot repair shop or whatever it might be, a, a cutting hair. Right. And, and whereas today, for crying out loud, you know, I, I literally considered opening um, or starting to be a barber when I was like 18 years old because I already knew how to cut hair. I'd been yeah. cutting hair for years, but I discovered you had to have a license for it, so I went other directions. Yeah. But for crying out loud, when it's illegal to make an honorable living in something you already know how to do, it's hard. It's It really is oppressive, and it's more oppressive to people that are um, down on their luck. Yeah. More. And so – 
I, I think that's one of the things that, that have hurt black-owned businesses and, yeah. and, and black people in general and just people in general. Well, I'm going to tell you what hurts more than anything else, and that's not – that's that's not getting out there and just getting in right. it, yeah. getting in the mix. You got you got to get in the mix. And life is about taking risk. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not about someone just giving you something. And you cannot. Now, I'm a person. I live my life like this. I'm a no excuse type person. Mm-hmm. OK, that I just live my life like that right. as an officer in the military. Uh, an excuse. If you made excuses, your career was going to be very short. <laughs> OK, you didn't make excuses because I say this. I say it to the church all the time. You can't make excuses in progress at the same time. Yeah. They are mutually exclusive. So which one do you you choose? Which one you want? You want to make excuses or you want to make progress? Take some action. I, yeah, I, take some action. I, so is it really uh, that we have such a big problem now? Let, let me say this just straight out. I understand that racism exists as long as human beings are on this earth. We're going to have that type of thing. But really, is it to the point to where it's stopping a whole class of people or a group of people from progressing? No, we are, we are progressive. If you look at the history, starting— All of us are just incredibly, wealth, incredibly wealthy. We right are. Uh, we were talking about Reconstruction earlier in the program. If you start from Reconstruction and you walk yourself through history, uh, American history, all the way up to today, we have made absolutely incredible right. I think, strides. I think you would have seen that, that black people and some whites during Reconstruction had pretty rough lives. Let me give a word of sympathy. Let me give a word of sympathy for uh, for some white folks, and and that's the poor white folks. Mm-hmm. Were, I mean, they were treated maybe just a, a shade better than better blacks. Than blacks. Right. But you know, this thing that the scripture says: "For the love of money is the root of right. all evil." So poor white people were treated almost not quite as bad, but almost as bad in the South. Well, and, and, and prior to the end of slavery, I think poor white people actually were treated worse than blacks well, because the been. black people were worth something to the white farmers. Yeah, well, that's true. And, and the white and the white, poor white trash, right? They were just garbage. So it's been more, and even I mean, today, is is still uh, the veil is you know the color, but really it's more about money, economics, because that's what drives everything. I, I think there's a lot to that, and and. Um, I think part of the opportunity issue is families are destroyed. Absolutely, we have, we have uh, when you when your foundation, your starting point is broken, mm-hmm. and you're walking around on ankle stubs instead of actual real feet. Then to expect people to be successful is well, it's it's a little bit unreasonable for us to expect it. Now, it doesn't it doesn't make excuses for for people who are committing crimes or whatever else? But at the end of the day. Statistical reality is a reality. Yes. Well, when you get away from the way God set things up, right. husband and a wife, mm-hmm. and that is the safest environment. Just, you know, yesterday, Dave, was uh, Father's Day. Yep. I did a, did a teaching there about that. And statistically, I was reading some statistics to the congregation. Mm-hmm. And if a if a mother goes to church and regularly and the rest of the family doesn't, mm-hmm. there's a 2 to 3% a chance that the children would go up and be regular church attenders. Mm-hmm. If the mother and father goes to church together, there's about a 33% chance that the uh, the children that, that will level, have huh? yeah. yeah. But if the father goes on a regular basis, even if the mother's agnostic, there's a 44% chance that mm-hmm. the children will go because the father children follow the father. Mm-hmm. They don't Follow the mother wow. in the long run. They yep. follow the father. They love their mother, so you, but they may not actually follow her. Exactly. Oh. So you extract the father 
out of the family. All, all hell breaks loose. And all hell breaks loose. And that is what happens. And we can blame it on race relations, mm-hmm. but it's the destruction of the family is what has taken place here. And race relations is is an easy mark. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, an it's easy it's target. A, it's a more politically correct target. It's a probably. more politically correct than as, to as say a, that. As opposed to saying that. that you know government what? interference in, right. the, in it, the black community that destroys the family. You can't replace the father with a check. Now, let's talk about that a little bit when we come back, and I'll take you back to 1921. All right? We'll do that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Hey, don't forget that coming up after the top of the hour news is uh, Paris Denard. He'll be with us here on the Dave Ellswick Show. And Paris has been on the show several times. He'll be on again today. And uh, I'm basically having him on to talk about uh, the Trump rally. However, we'll get into some of the things we're talking about now with him as well, because, you know, we got to talk about race relations. Everybody says, well, let's have a, an open and, uh, you know, uh, free conversation. Well, I'm willing to do that here on this show without any problem. Let me just say that the Democratic Party has been the worst enemy of the black community for years, hundreds of years, in fact, they've been their worst uh, uh, enemy. Um, let me take you back 89 years. Take you back to Tulsa, Oklahoma. In Tulsa, Oklahoma, at that time, 89 years ago, they had a community that was known as the Black Wall Street. Mm-hmm. Highly, highly uh, uh, capitalistic Black folks had their own businesses, black banks, the whole nine yards. I mean, it was something to, to see. I, I keep wondering when somebody's going to make a movie about they it. They were able to bypass racism by actually just going into business themselves. Yeah, basically. Yeah. I mean, look, when I, I grew up in Gary, Indiana, all right, before Hatcher became mayor, after Hatcher was mayor, Gary, Indiana was doomed. Mm-hmm. I mean, doomed. But I can remember going downtown in this vibrant, I mean, really Mm -hmm. vibrant business area and uh, several suburbs of Gary that were uh, predominantly black that had houses that everybody wished they could live in. Mm -hmm. It was amazing. But after Lyndon Baines Johnson was president and the the Great Society was unleashed... Black Americans suffered. I'm telling you, suffered. But I take you back to 1921. That's when the Tulsa massacre happened. Yeah. All right. 800 people injured, 36 people killed. Nobody was arrested for killing anybody. And they burned uh, the black uh, neighborhoods to the ground. Wow. They they attacked them from the ground. They attacked them from from the the air. air. Oh, wow. All right. And what happened is that... uh, A rumor spread. Uh, They had uh, arrested a black young man who supposedly had made unwarranted uh, approaches to a white teenage girl, 17, Mm -hmm. an elevator operator. Sort of a how to kill a mockingbird type situation. Nobody knows Mm -hmm. what now is the truth and what happened. But the, the bottom line, the way it all kicked off was that the rumor got started that there were hundreds of white men surrounding the jail and there was going to be a public lynching. Mm. So a group of black men showed up to protect 
the the guy who was Recused. in the jail mm-hmm. to protect him so he could have his day in court, and uh, they showed up armed. Yep. And they went to protect this young man. When they went to leave, because they met with the they met with the police and everything, they were happy that this kid wasn't going to get lynched. They were ready to leave. When they started leaving, the crowd tried to unarm them. Mm-hmm. Gun goes off. Somebody gets shot, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah. And for two days, Memorial Day, and I think June first, nineteen twenty-one, uh, whites and blacks went at it. I mean, it was full-scale mm-hmm. war. They say wow. it's the worst instance of uh, you know white-on-black crime ever. And it's worse in in Florida when Rosewood happened. Yeah. It was yeah. just a full-on race war. Yes, in the city, and, and that's what happened. And uh, so. Here's the reason that I bring this up. Not that we need to go back and relive it. I think it's it's something that happened that should be retold mm-hmm. from a truthful standpoint, not taking a side on either side, but just it's showing history. the yeah. stupidity mm-hmm. that happened at at this. And uh, you know, you're 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 looking at a situation that people now are saying that race relations are worse now than they have ever been in this nation no they have not been no 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 i don't think that tells me you have not done any study whatsoever uh i mean you have you didn't study about the stuff that grant did during reconstruction now andrew johnson idiot all right i'll be the first one maybe they've been lucky if they'd impeached him for Mm -hmm. for sure but they didn't he fell one vote short but you got uh you know, you you, you got uh, Grant elected, and that man did more for the African American community than any president other than Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And they said that when he died, and they were, ha- and I was going to make this point earlier, they had his funeral in New York City. It was a huge, huge funeral that bells rang out all across the North and the, the South. south. Wow. He was a man that was loved by all right. true Americans. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, you talk about a president that everybody forgets. Grant's one of them. They don't, they don't know what he, what he did. I mean, Grant's tomb is huge. Mm. You go to New York City and see it. It's amazing. I want to go up and see his house because his house still uh, exists where he, where he passed away at. I want to get up there and check that out. But to be honest with you, uh, race relations today are light years ahead mm-hmm. to the way they, they oh, yeah. used to be. Yeah. Do they still exist? Do, does sure. racism still exist? Yes, but it is a shadow of what it used yeah. to be. And there are those that are trying to make it seem like it's a lot worse. Yeah. You know, we, we lived in Tulsa for about three years while uh, I attended Bible uh, school there. And then we came back to Little Rock, and, and uh, uh, I used to take groups to uh, Green Spring street there in Tulsa where the black wall street used to be. There's nothing there now, but uh, just a little, I won't call it a museum, but the cultural, call it a cultural center. Kind of like and, the Templars. Yeah. Yeah. Somewhat uh, yeah. not, not as uh, big. It's, it's a house wow. that, they've made, uh, that they've made a cultural center out of. And then they have a plaque out front with all the names. There are over 660 uh, houses and, and uh, businesses that were destroyed there. That community, you want to talk about a, a well, I will use this Chaz zone, a an autonomous zone yeah. that was autonomous, but in the very good way, because they did own 
all, everything they needed was inside that community, not that they were purposely trying to you know be segregated from the other community, but things were segregated back then. A lot of white businesses didn't want to do business with yeah. blacks. And the, the one of the things that's not told about that, Dave, is that even after that business, they were destroyed. They rebuilt. They rebuilt. Yeah. And, and what happened the next time was they, the interstate, of course, they had, they put the interstate in. It's what right. happened to a lot of small communities. Once the interstate was put in, took the traffic out mm. of that community. And that's when it all began to die die out. And now you have a, a community college uh, there where uh, all those businesses and homes used to be. You know what's be. really sad is that it's only been recently, I mean this year, mm-hmm. that that's part of the curriculum of Oklahoma history now. Yeah. Yeah. It took 89 years for yeah. them to to fess up to what happened there. Yeah. You know, there were people uh, that they, we call them dad Clark, but he just passed away really just a few years ago. And he was uh, a little boy when that took place. Mm-hmm. So we've heard firsthand accounts of, of things that happened. He was hiding in a, uh, uh, in this little barrel or something like that. He and some other kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause you know, we think that's like, that's just been like say 89 years. That hasn't been that long. No, ago. it has not, you know, 19, well, actually, is that closer to 99 years or something yeah, like that? It, 21 uh, would have been 99 years. Yeah, ago, next yeah. year, uh, 2021, mm-hmm. will be 100 years. Right. Oh, yeah, it's 99 years. Yeah. My math was yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah. so we had uh, public schools. 1921. Yeah. So, so, but you talk about the progress. We have made a lot of progress. Sure. There's a lot and, of progress. And I'll you, say this, black communities, wherever you found them uh, during that time, they were very prosperous. A lot of yes. them were very prosperous. yes. So it wasn't until you start getting these government, large Programs, government handouts where people stop doing the for themselves, society. stop being innovative, stop being creative, stop teaching their own. Mm-hmm. Not, are we to go back to desegregation? No, we're not saying that. I mean, no. desegregation. No, we're not saying that at all. But we're saying when you take that creativity like you were talking about earlier, Paul, uh, with businesses and thing, things like that, when you stifle that mm-hmm. and then you start getting poverty in poverty is going to creep back in then you start looking for a handout rather than doing things for yourself mm-hmm. uh, i can remember growing up in in riceville in that area down there and there were stores on every block yeah i mean there were uh business owners everywhere and that's that's reasonable but yes. we've we've kind of drifted away from that i think largely from government regulations it's the federal rules. government and and so instead of having a bunch of little stores we have massive big yes, box stores exactly and we don't have little mom and pop shops no. anymore. We don't. When was the last time you saw a shoe a shoe um, repair. repair man? Yeah, I mean, there's a few of them around. Because still, shoes are so cheap now, people don't repair them; they just go buy a new pair. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's the truth of the matter. Oh yeah, yeah. You I don't mean, need we to, remember. The I remember replacing the heels on my shoes. Oh yes, yeah. of, they had a place downtown that uh, they may still do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but they used to do that. But you can. Some of us still buy pretty expensive shoes, and and it would be nice to be able to have. Uh, uh, the sole under shoe replaced, mm-hmm. or just or just have simple. Well, there's places that still do there's that. A, there's you a few look, of them. Around, look, I but, remember when I was a kid, and we're, we're running out of time. I just bring this up real quick. We'll pick it up on the other side. Don't forget, Paris Bernard's coming up. But uh, I remember the guy used to drive around the neighborhood, and you take your scissors out and let them sharpen them. Oh, yeah. I think I remember seeing, seeing doing seeing all that. Here, all right, yeah. we'll talk about it some more when we come back on the Dave Ellsworth Show. Thank <laughs> you.
into the last the last hour already guys oh wow it goes so so fast it really really does paris denard how are you brother i'm great how are you thanks for having me on the show again of course always always they said you want to have paris on i said you got you don't have to ask twice (laughs) absolutely absolutely it's good to have you hey listen first of all since since i want you to talk about the trump rally let's get with that We've been talking, of course, a uh, big uh, issue talking about race relations. We're talking there. we got Iverson Jackson here. We've got Paul Calvert here as well, myself. Uh, tell us about the rally. There's so many different stories that are out there right now, Paris. Give us the truth. Well, the truth is it was a fantastic rally. I mean, I think this is what the mainstream media doesn't want to report on. You know, the fact of the matter is you had people who stood in line for hours, in, in many days, who really wanted to see the president of the United States. And so what I was impressed by was the fact that you had thousands of Americans. I saw I and talked to uh, black Americans, Asian Americans. I met a, a 90-some-odd-year-old World War II veteran, uh, all there. And by the time you saw the rally at around 7 o'clock Eastern time, these people had been in line for hours, if not days. Yes. And yet the energy and the enthusiasm and, the, and the, the, the electrifying crowd was there after all that energy spent on just the process of getting there. And then you had to deal with the mainstream media telling them that, you know, COVID was back and COVID was strong. And if you go into it, you're going to get sick. It was fear mongering to keep people away. Mm-hmm. And then you had the, the protests and the civil unrest. You had the threat of Antifa and, and, and people blocking entrances. And then you had uh, just the issue of, of, of people just being afraid because of the media spending days, if not weeks, telling them that they should not go. But in spite of all that, in spite of COVID-19, and we, we understood that people would be temperature, they knew they, they'd have temperature checks and masks and sanitizer. Uh, we said, if you're healthy, if you if you if you can go to Walmart, you can go to the grocery store, and you feel healthy, and you don't have any of these other uh, comorbidities, come to the rally, mm-hmm. and that's what thousands of Americans did. And President Trump stood there and delivered a fantastic speech for well over an hour. He didn't shortchange them. He gave them his, his all. The vice president did an excellent job. T. W. Shannon, who's a former uh, state. Uh, representative, but he's the Speaker of the House of Oklahoma, and he, and he was also, he's also my colleague on Black Voices for Trump. He riled up the crowd, Diamond and Silk were there. Uh, it was an exciting, exciting experience, and I'm glad the president did it. And he's not going to stop, and he's not going to, that's not what he does. He has a record and a message that the American people deserve to hear. And I think the reason why you see such a coordinated, effort to thwart the will of the people and to stop the president's measures because they know just truly how effective he is as president and on the campaign trail. So they're stopping at nothing to prevent him from having rallies or events or even a convention. (laughs) That's how desperate they've become. How much do you think, uh, you know, there's a lot of talk prior to the uh, the rally 
that a million people had asked for tickets and, and whatnot. How much do you think that may have gone into people saying, well, I don't even have a shot at getting in? You know, I, I don't know. I, I feel in the past that uh, people know and have an expectation that Trump rallies, uh, the, the, the RSVPs are, 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 are normally very big, and they have an expectation that you're going to have to wait in line. Uh, and, and we've had these different MAGA, MAGA fests and, and activities and bands and stuff out there. So I think that the, the number, um, I don't know if that was a deterrent, but it could have been. It could have been, but I don't think so. I think really it played less to do with I don't have a shot to get in because Trump rally people, MAGA supporters, they will wait. Uh, they, they don't care about that, uh, the number, the, the length of time. They are determined. They are patriots. I think it had a lot to do with uh, the media trying to make it uh, – people feel scared to go, mm-hmm. to be honest with you, with, with, with the protest and with the Antifa and with the – uh, the Antifa type of demonstrations and 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 threats of rioting and uh, and and the, just the media hype around the "Don't Go" movement for him for for the rally. I think that played in a lot of minds because look, parents don't want to bring their their children into this. Senior citizens don't want to go out and and, and do this, you know. Uh, and so I think a lot of that played into it. But I still I still won't let the media take away this this moment for the, the citizens of Tulsa. For, for the president of the campaign, there were still thousands of people who showed up and it was a great rally. All right. And I will tell you this, yeah. this, this is my final point. You asked Joe Biden to come out of his basement and, <laughs> and, and with the same time frame, same venue, same experience to say, throw a rally. I promise you, he wouldn't feel half of the bottom of that place. There's an enthusiasm gap. That he that they are aware of. President Trump has the enthusiasm and the and, and the people. With, Joe with, Biden does, with or without TikTok. Uh. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I saw Republicans when asked how many are excited to go vote for the president. Seventy two percent said they're very very excited. Where when you ask Democrats about Biden, it's like thirty two percent. I mean, there is a huge mm-hmm. gap there. I mean, a huge huge gap. So where on now from Tulsa? Is it Arizona? Yes, the president is scheduled to go to Phoenix. Um, he'll be speaking at uh, it's, it's why it's in the, in the being reported. He's going to be at a a a Trump a students for Trump convention. He's going to speak there uh, and, and have a rally in, in Phoenix. And so, you know, the president is going to keep his message to and giving it to the American people. And and and, and I happen to be from Arizona, and that's what's next. And so it's exciting to see the enthusiasm continue. This is the, the race for the 2020 election is on. Uh, the rallies are back. The president is going to continue to bring home his message, and the people are excited about it. All right, so let, let me take you over. We, I know we got you for about five more minutes because you got a hard break at 18, I was told, so I'm, I'll make yes, sure that that thank happens. You. But l- let's talk about race relations uh, going on right now in the country. In Seattle... Uh, where they took over a part of the city. They have now taken that uh, area, and I, for, I forget what they call it now, but they have resegregated the area. They've got black a black zone now. So I was talking about this earlier with my panel, and I said we went from desegregation to integration to back to desegregation now. Parents, does this make any sense to you at all? 
If you're a Democrat, if you're supporting <laughs> Joe Biden, that, that, that's the type of foolishness that they that they that, that they deal with. This is a precursor to what a, a Joe Biden world is going to be like if, if if people are foolish enough to to buy into what he's selling. I mean, this is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. This you know this these segregated zones inside the zone. There's like a dumpster fire inside the uh, uh, inside that place in Seattle. Like that's a perfect example of what's going on. You know, they don't know what to do. They don't know how to manage it. At the end of the day, the American people know that you can you can protest. That's fine. You can do it peacefully. That's fine. Republicans protest peacefully. Black Americans have protested peacefully. Yeah. Americans of all stripes and colors have protested peacefully for generations. That's okay. The looting, rioting, lawlessness, defunding the police, things like that, those that cannot be uh because we need law and order. We need safety and security. I don't care what you look like. You have a reasonable expectation to believe that when you come out of your home, you're not going to be accosted and, 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 and be attacked. But when you, if you are going to your small business that you work for, you have a reasonable expectation to believe that it won't get burned to the ground and that your Democrat mayor won't allow it to have it because of, uh, of, of a movement of Black Lives Matter. Being uh, as that as using that as the banner and to allow Antifa and other outside agitators to come in and destroy communities. This is not America, but that is a Democrat America. That's a Joe Biden socialist America, which is something that I hope that Americans will join me in rejecting. Well, and so I think I think this is Paul Calvert here. So I think one of the things is that you know when you, when people embrace socialism, socialism is basically legalized theft through the government. And so when people embrace yep. that, why should we be so surprised? When they decide to just go ahead and, and bypass their hitmen, the government, and just start stealing and looting and, and burning things and hurting people on their own, I mean, well, it's not that much different. It's just that they've they've bypassed the middleman. They've they started doing it themselves. The problem with the, with the scenario that you just described is that the the, the just the, the thought that the government would do something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. The, the, the fact that we're even having a conversation about socialism mm-hmm. and the fact that we have a conversation about the American people actually doing it themselves, mm-hmm. you know, being the being the lawless thefts, you know, the thieves that the government would be under socialism uh, is that's the scary part of where we are. But that's why we've got to be sure that people know about American exceptionalism, know about American history, know about the facts, know about our black American history. Mm. You know, and not, not, don't tear down monuments but, and don't do all this stuff to take away and, and white, whitewash or in this case, just wash everything out and just act like we don't have a story, act like we don't have a history. Don't act like we have a constitution. This is the time for us to band together, unify and be proud to be Americans, proud to be capitalists. Proud to have the American free enterprise system, because right. that is what leads people out of poverty. We'll leave it at that. We'll finish it with those great words. Paris, thanks for being part of the Dave Ellswick Show today. I know you got another interview right up against this one. We'll have you on again in the near future. I'm glad about it. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you guys soon. Okay, bye-bye now. Paris Denard here on the, the Dave Ellswick Show. Raised by a single mother out in Arizona and ended up a Republican. Got to ask him about that sometime and see what he has to say. <laughs> what are the odds? Then? All right. Uh, we're about 18 minutes after 8. We got to get to uh, some traffic and weather. Iverson Jackson's here. Paul Calvert's here. You want to get on the in, uh, in on the conversation, 823-0965. All right.
continue on, and I, I want to remind you about that. If you have a, a business and you want to be part of our coverage of the RNC and hear people like Iverson Jackson from uh, Jackson, not Jackson, uh, from Florida, uh, Jacksonville, uh, you can get your opportunity to do that. All you got to do is call, and I'm going to take a shot at this. I think off the top of my head, it's 40160. No, it's not 401. You can call Lynn okay. at 501-404-6545. Yeah, I had the 6545. I had that right in my head. It's a, it's at the first three. 404, all right, is the number. Uh, that you, you Give them the number one more time, Heidi, since you got it right there. It's 404 what? 501-404-6545. Ask for Lynn. That's her direct line, and she's got all kinds of of uh, packages that she can offer to you so that you can call her and she can get one that'll fit you. I mean, if you don't have a lot of money to spend, that's fine. We can still get you good coverage, but make it so you don't have to spend a lot. Now, if you want to spend a little bit more, we got that as well, and uh, we can help you on that. But, uh, you know, you look, if you're a businessman, you got to be – you, you got to stand up and put some of your money where your mouth is. I know some of you are scared of that, but, uh, you know, you, if you don't do anything, you just let the other side win. That's that's the way that it works. It just works that way. So keep that in mind if you would, all right? So call that number, 501-401-65, you know, something. All right, whatever. <laughs> what Heidi said. Yeah, what Heidi said. <laughs> what Heidi said. Or, or they can just call the station here at our number. And yeah, they'll patch you through, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah you, can, yeah, you call this number right here, and whoever is in the studio will give you the correct number to call. <laughs> or they'll yell at uh, Lynn and say, come back here and talk to this person on the phone. That's the way it, that, it, that it works. All right, so Iverson Jackson here, and Paul Calvert is here. Now, it's always fun to have Paris Denard on. He's... Uh, He's a big Trump supporter. Uh, he's a big, uh, you know, worker in the Republican Party. And uh, so tomorrow, Trump is going to be in Arizona. I guess they're having a rally. Trump with students. Students. Yeah, I know Trump. he's going to be down on the southern border of Arizona, um, along the fence. I've got a piece of the fence uh, from Arizona back in the day. I forget what year it was. Two thousand and four. I think I remember you when going the, down when there, the Minutemen. Yeah. We're down along mm-hmm. the the border. I went down there, did did my my broadcast from the King Anvil Ranch, mm. which you talk a ranch and you and you think a couple hundred acres or whatever. Nah, not mm-hmm. the King Anvil. Tens of thousands, yeah, or hundreds of thousands. Lots of acres, and, uh, and and it's not desert like Lawrence of Arabia Desert down there. It's hard as a rock, mm. and that's why they. They can ride bikes carrying the drugs yeah. and all of that over the thing. It, it was one of the most fascinating times that I've spent on the border because I would see at that time ICE out patrolling the border and you'd see the helicopters in the mm-hmm. distance just sitting still. So you knew they had found a group of, of right. uh, illegals and they would be right over top of them and then ICE people would go out there and take them water and food and everything because usually they were out there really suffering. And uh, then they bring them in. And what they did is uh, they would send them back, but then they would take their backpacks, 
somewhere else in in Mexico. Take it down further south because the people want it was in their backpack. Mm. It was like probably everything they owned was in their backpack. So it was a way to try to keep them from coming right right back over Mm -hmm. again. Because coyotes ran a good business, I'm just telling you. But it was why, why really bad. Why would they bad. want to come here? This is such a horrible country. I know, country. it's a terrible place. Racism is rampant. There's no jobs for anybody. You're paid pitiful wages. Yeah. Nobody so wants to come here. Why would here. you want to come here? Nobody. Nobody wants to come here. <laughs> you know, why would you want to come here? Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's the stuff that nobody ever talks about. And uh, we didn't get a chance to talk to Paris uh, Denard about this, but... One of the biggest problems right now is there's just so many people who are historically ignorant about what went down in this country. For instance, over the weekend, statues of George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, Ulysses S. Grant, and uh, I forget the, uh, the priest out in San Francisco, were toppled. Uh, the priest, uh, they had, of course, they were taking the, the message of Christianity, but they were taking it out to uh, the Native Americans and and mm-hmm. the uh, people who had, had lived in California. They were feeding them, clothing them, taking care of them. Uh, I've spent a lot of time today talking about Grant because of that great show that the History Channel did and what he did during Reconstruction. One person, one vote. That came in under under Grant. Fifteenth uh, Amendment came in mm-hmm. under Grant, and he was serious about making sure that they were enforced, and uh, and he did so. Oh, he went through hell because oh, he yes. did it. I mean, the the Democrat newspapers attacked him mm-hmm. unmercifully, showed him uh, as a dictator in their comics, uh, political cartoons, and all the rest. Uh, a lot of you have re- read books written by people who've. Uh, talked about the 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 lost just cause uh, of the south and and have bought into that whole thing and that it wasn't there's nothing about slavery in there i'm just telling you you're wrong you're absolutely wrong if you you read the documentation you just gotta look at it the south did secede with one of the primary if not the primary reasons was slavery yeah now, now, the North was not fighting to end slavery. The North was fighting to, br- to, keep to bring the Union, the union together. Back together. That's exactly. And, so the, and Grant even said that. Grant called the Confederacy misguided and traitors. That's exactly what he called them. And look, he had the utmost respect with for Lee. He fought with Lee in the Mexican American-Mexican War. That's right. You know, he knew these other generals that he was fighting against. That's why, you know, when he met after he beat them, They'd shake hands. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think it was it was it Lincoln that actually asked Lee to join the, the Union Army, and he couldn't do it because of the because, because of, his, of his ties to Virginia, his yeah. principles, and 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 so the I think in many cases you've you've got cases of 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 war where both sides are wrong, and you can find. Well, here's the key: the Civil War was brother against brother. Yeah, it was a mess, you know. Husband against, or father against son. son. I mean, they were all Americans. Misguided, some of them, I will tell you. But Mm -hmm. the bottom line, they were all Americans. Okay, we're going to take a break. We'll come back, and we'll talk about that. You want to refight the Civil War? We'll do that. (laughs) It's the Dave Dave Ellswick Show 
More coming your way here in a moment. But first, let's hear from Sean Hannity. I just confused uh, Iverson. <laughs> I'm talking about, yeah, you can watch YouTube and throw it up throw on your screen. On screen. And he's looking at me and he's like, what are you talking about? The only, the only reason I have a smart TV is because my girls bought it for us. <laughs> yeah. Do you, do you do that at times, uh, Heidi? Put things up on your TV? Yeah, YouTube is real easy to do that. Yeah. I've seen them do Just, that on, on television. Yeah, you, know. you need to do that and then watch The Chosen. Yeah. That way you're not watching it on your oh, little yeah. tiny phone, you know. <laughs> Just throw it up there on there. And it, it's a lot clearer, I think, than yeah. off of the YouTube channel. Just my personal taste as far as that. And no, I'm not going to refight the Civil War over again <laughs> here on the Dave Elson show. I'm Just kidding you about that. But, uh, you know, I mean, the South always complains about the North teaches it wrong the north says the south teaches it wrong so somewhere is the truth well i'll tell you how you find out the truth read the memoirs of ulysses s grant that'll help you figure it out study history for yourself you can't trust government to to give it to you read what they say and 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 at that point remember it's his view of what transpired while he was you know in command and it took him a long time to get in command of uh you know the union army yeah, but he was so successful in the West. The, the Vicksburg campaign is the one that really put him on the map. Mm-hmm. Shiloh kind of put him on the map, but it was such a bloodbath that they thought, I don't know if we want that guy in charge. <laughs> but uh, every time that he went up against the Confederacy, it was like a do or die yeah. kind of a situation. Yeah. When he was brought into the Eastern campaign, uh, all the Union generals, I mean, uh, Lincoln was changing his generals like he changed his shirt. Yeah, he couldn't find one that would be aggressive. Yeah, you know they would always they would give fight. The, uh, they were talking about that in the in the movie, and that the Union would come across into Virginia, yeah. cross the 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 river right there, get into the uh, the forest, fight into a stalemate, and then then they pack up and go back across the river again and. Then the Union would reload, and they would reload, and then they'd meet again. Grant was the first that went across the river, fought in the forest there. Impressed them. And came out and made a right turn towards Richmond. Yeah. And it told his troops that he believed that they could defeat uh, the uh, the Union. And while he was doing that, what else was happening? See, what had been going on is the Union would press in certain areas. They didn't press across the battlefield. The battlefield was east to west. Mm-hmm. So that gave Lee the ability to move his troops around and put troops where he knew that the Union was going to suddenly mm-hmm. turn up the heat. Grant said, we're going to turn up the heat everywhere, everywhere and you won't be able to move your troops around like that. And he isolated Lee, and that's how he ended up in the end beating him. But, uh, yeah, they... It, during the time that they were making their march towards uh, Richmond, I think Peters uh, was it Petersburg that was south of Richmond that they took over the took over the railway uh, links there. There's five railroads that came into that area. It was a real hub, and they cut it off, and so it cut off the supply lines at that point. Uh, that's when Sherman was making his march to the sea. To the sea, yep. And he, you know, Grant told Sherman. Lay waste if you have to. Get it over. Get it done. Yeah, they had to destroy yeah. all of that uh, 
you know, heavy industry mm-hmm. that was there. And then he sent uh, Mead. Was it Mead? No, somebody else. Uh, sent them through the Shenandoah Valley, mm-hmm. where they were farming in that area and feeding the Confederate Army mm-hmm. off of the food that they produced there. They went in and burned all the fields. Yeah. I mean, it was it was slash and burn at that point. Grant is known as the general of the future uh, because he brought a lot of the different types of warfare that we saw, for instance, in World War One and even into World War Two, uh, And uh, he still talked in the war college of the military because the Vicksburg campaign especially – really amazing some of the stuff that he did because he did things that nobody expected right. him to do. Right. That's what he was good at. Yep. He, he could, they said he was a genius because he could look at a, at a battlefield map and he didn't see a bunch of squiggly lines. He saw the men yeah. standing out there and he could pick out, you know, the, the frailties or the weaknesses of the other side and bring bring maximum pressure to bear in those areas. So that's what made him a great general. The other thing, he had unlimited troops, basically. Yeah. I mean, if you killed one of his, he could put four men in his place. In if yeah. you killed one Confederate, you'd need you, you you were pressed at times to get another Confederate. You know, that's what happens when your society is is uh, uh, a good part of your society in the South made up of slaves mm-hmm. well you don't have a fighting force <laughs> that you need to wage war like like the war that they were waging you know it makes me wonder how the f- people during the war when you know that you had as many slaves as they had like two hundred fifty thousand, i think mm-hmm. at, at the zenith and 25 percent of them had run away to join the union army yeah. well what about the other 75 percent that's living amongst you well, a lot of the uh, slave owners wouldn't leave their plantations because they were staying there to guard their slaves to keep them from defecting. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, it. I mean, it's just a big problem altogether when you try to put someone in slavery. When you put someone in slavery, now, I'll tell you this you much. become a slave yourself. When Frederick Douglass calls you one of the greatest presidents ever, I got to believe that he was one of the greatest oh, presidents yes. ever. Oh, that's yes. what he said about, yeah. about Grant. Yeah. And that, that, he said he did more for the at that time the Negro mm-hmm. than any other president ever. Yeah, ever, even Lincoln. Yeah, he says Lincoln. Yeah, signed the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, but he did that to put pressure on the South because mm-hmm. he knew if he did that, a lot of uh, black men would say, "Well, I'm I'm going where I'm free." Yeah, you know, at least I'll have a I'll have a shot. In many cases, it wasn't much of a shot, but at least it was a shot. It was a shot. Yeah. And Douglas was also the one when they asked, well, what what, if, what are you going to do with all these slaves? What's going to happen to all these slaves and they're set free? And Douglas said, leave them alone. Yeah. He says, you're bothering, you're bothering them. It has been their undoing. And if they can't fend for themselves, then let them die. Well, by the and way, if, you, if, you're, if you're listening and wondering 
uh, who who Frederick Douglass was, you might want to read a book or two. I'm just saying, you might want to read a book. Well, or two. well let's say and Frederick Douglass was the most photographed man of the 19th century and the highest paid speaker of the 19th century, oh, wow. and he was also a former slave. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, so, the, the, so much for excuses. Yeah. Their quote that you said about him, the um, if they can't fend for themselves, let them die. That sounds harsh. But the fact is that people are resilient. Yeah. People are intelligent. And black people are people. Yes. Get, get over that fact. Get on board with that fact. And, the, and, and the, the fact is that when people come up against hard times, people figure out how to live. And Frederick Douglass was speaking from experience. Yeah. Yeah, he, he fought with one of his masters for two hours, mm-hmm. and he was a big man. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he fought, and the other slaves, the, the master was calling for some of the other slaves to come help him, mm-hmm. and they were afraid to get in. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just fought. Two hours is a long time to fight. Like yeah, ten minutes, the, like <laughs> five minutes is a long time. You know, to I think fight. boxers go for what uh, three minutes and then yeah, they get yes. well, Yeah, they went for two hours. Hand to hand, yeah. hand fighting. Yeah. Is, so he knew a little something about struggling. He knew a little something about starting with nothing, starting from behind. And and again, you can't have progress and excuses. And he was absolutely right. Leave them alone. And that's what you have to do. You mentioned that earlier. Don't give I mean, me crutches and don't no, break my legs. No, just leave them alone. They'll figure it out. By the way. Paris Denard, who we just had on, uh, the reason he had a break from us is because he's on Fox News right oh. now. There he is. All right. And he's talking. Well, they're removing the Roosevelt statue well, we in plan- front we- of uh, the New York Museum of Natural History. And to my, yeah, I don't understand why. There's no reason to do it. There's isn't this, no isn't this the same thing that happened in Russia uh, yes. at the revolution? Yes. Uh, they took down all the statues, changed the names of the cities. I guess that'll start next because St. Petersburg was changed from St. Petersburg to Leningrad, I mm-hmm. believe, something along that line. Yeah, that's and then it was changed back again. But, yeah, this is the same thing. So are we headed toward a communist? I, I, I don't They're know. They're trying. I, They're trying. Who knows? But uh, if, if that happens, everybody loses their freedom. So what, what do, we do? do we tear down the pyramids next because they were probably built by slave labor? Do we te- do we? Well, there's not even might have been. I mean, they were. Yeah, I mean, so wh- where do we stop? Well, there is no stop Un- unless you believe that back in Egyptian times, you know, the aliens were hanging out and yeah, they but what had about them build them? What about Rome? Sure. Uh, yeah, let's all tear, the roads let's, let's, that lead to Rome. Who were those built or, by? Or, or should we go tear down the Colosseums, the rem- the remains of the Colosseums? Yeah, there you go. So we, once you start, where yeah. do you stop? Can we can we melt down the the Egyptian tomb, um, gold pieces that they made that they entombed the the um, pharaohs in? I mean, where do you stop? There is no stopping point. I mean, that's why it's called insanity. <laughs> because at the, so, at the you, end you, of the day, yeah, you know, uh, my solution to some of this stuff is, you know, if people want to tear down statues, why don't we just auction the statues off don't have government put these things up I mean, government's not smart enough to figure out what they should put up as far as monuments anyway they, they, they will invariably do something wrong if i think a better a better approach is to for the government to sell land and people want to put statues up on or monuments whatever it is or sell the monuments themselves that are already put up auction them off and if you want to keep the lincoln memorial up good enough for your friends to, to bid the price up and buy the thing and keep it up. If you want to tear it down, get enough of your friends <laughs> to bid the price up high enough and tear the blooming thing down 
and and I think that might be a more reasonable solution. I don't want government to put up monuments. I'm sorry, they're not smart enough to do it. They they will invariably do something offensive or just plain wrong. You know, is when you say invariably do something offensive. I've been to Washington D.C. I can't count how many times mm-hmm. uh, since 1985, going over and over again. And uh, when you go there, the last time I was there was last December, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you see more people from other countries mm-hmm. than you do from America. Oh, there. really? Okay. Yeah, and they are so very, very appreciative mm-hmm. uh, of Washington D.C. What it stands for the freedoms that we have over here. Mm-hmm. And if my wife with family, we did a Christmas there uh, last year. And we're just looking at all these people from all over the world mm-hmm. who are here in America admiring our freedom, the symbols of our freedom. Mm-hmm. So, you know, yes, these are symbols of freedom. These are men who were well, some inspired. Of, some, some of them are. I mean, I look at FDR. Well, I'm talking about Washington, the, the, Washington yeah, the, yeah, I, look, uh, I look at the monument to FDR. It's like, man, this dude ushered in socialism. And, and my tax dollars paid for mm-hmm. that mess. Mm-hmm. So, but you know, my point yeah, yeah, is yeah, yeah. that other people from across the world mm-hmm. they look at us, you know, as the example of freedom. Mm-hmm. You know, the Washington Monument, the Lincoln, the Jefferson, all those iconic monuments. And now, uh, you know, Dr. King's monument, mm-hmm. the, the Vietnam Wall, the cost of freedom. When you see those things, the cost of freedom. Uh, uh, the uh, Korean, now the Korean War, yeah. Memorial, mm-hmm. the World War II Memorial, all mm-hmm. those places like that. And they are very inspirational. Mm-hmm. I, I never get tired of going to Washington, D.C. And I as I either. said, I've been there over and over and over and over and over again for the last 35 years. Yeah. And I never get tired of going to Washington, D.C. I get your point mm-hmm. um, you know, on that. But I think there are things that we can do as a nation that help keep us rooted and grounded. And again, seeing people from other countries there that have so much more appreciation than as Americans, yeah. we take it for granted. That I'll to me you, is very inspiring. Tell you that Korean War Memorial. Yeah. That is one of the most fantastic mm-hmm. memorials that we have ever built. You, go, They do, they've got a technique that they use, Paul, on that memorial, that as you look at the wall mm-hmm. around the memorial, it looks like the faces of troops mm-hmm. are looking out at you. Oh, yeah. so it's kind of a it 3D gives you, sort of It thing, gives you a yeah. real creepy feeling. Wow. And the best time to see it, because the war was fought in the cold, yeah. like Chosen Reservoir yeah. mm-hmm. and that, is to go to Washington, D.C. after a snow, a snow and walk through that memorial. Oh, wow. And it, d- d- then you understand why all of the statues look so tired yeah. and, yeah. and oh, haggard. And, and they're stuff. life-size. Yeah, well, their actual life. So I had a, there was a fellow yeah. we used to go to church with, and I think somebody mentioned maybe he told us himself or maybe his wife. I think he was there in the Korean War, and it, it was so bad. I think he said they said his fingers were clinking together. Oh yeah, that from, wouldn't from surprise me. They will. They will tell you the people who fought in, in the Korean War, and they're a forgotten people. Yeah. I'm going to tell That's you right those, now, not talked about all that, that much. That war was not very. That war. They'll say the thing they remember the most is the cold. Yeah, the cold. The cold. It was a cold, cold place. All right, got to take a break. Let's get it done and get your traffic and weather, and we'll come finish this up. Iverson Jackson here, Paul Calvert here, me, Dave Ellswick, right on 101.1 FM, The Answer. All right, let's finish it up for uh, the Monday tomorrow. Elizabeth will be here. And, of course, the uh, the Bible guys will join us here on the uh, the Dave Ellswick Show. we got about six minutes remaining with our guest today, 
and uh, Iverson Jackson, who's become a member of our power panel, and Paul uh, Calvert, who's been a member of the, of the power panel. A lot of people have done done this over time. I've had the power panel around since 2002, so we've been going at it for a while. 18 years is oh, wow. quite a while. Wow. And uh, different people, I, tr- I try to pick small businessmen. R.D. Hopper's perfect example from, of course, over at uh, Sonny's Auto. And I've had David Lucas used to be a member of the power okay. panel, and uh, he is very successful now with uh, David Lucas Financial. And a, a lot of different people, uh, Josh Mesker. Mm-hmm. Who was a uh, part of the youth panel? This, yeah, he decided to uh, go and and run for JP. Uh, being yeah, being a, a, a justice of the peace and won down right. in uh, Saline County, and uh, is not doing that any longer. In fact, I don't know who he or where he's working right now. I saw that, you know he's. I, I just keep I up him on trying, Facebook. I try to keep up with how many kids he's got. <laughs> he he knows how to do that procreation thing. <laughs> right. I do know I do know, he's know the that. He's one, huh? He's a great guy, uh, uh, Christopher. That uh, uh, you know used to be part Christian of this. Christian Nelson. Yep, and then uh, none other than uh, Whitney Davis. Whitney Davis. Who, have you been watching her Facebook a little bit? Yeah, she's getting. She's a little bit kind of gotten into that whole. Anarchy thing. So yeah, she's she's kind of been somewhat of a um, anarchist for for a while, a, a peaceful anarchist, not the yeah. kind that burns people burns people's houses down. But so she's been actually reporting some on that that section of Seattle. Yeah, because she lives out there now. Yeah, and so Poor it's, it's kind of interesting to, to to watch because I think she's got a little bit of inside information from somebody. In Maybe there. I can get her on. Sometime. That might be interesting. To be talk fun to, to have her, her to, come on yeah. and, um, and talk about it all. Report her, from her. Yeah, her how she feels there. about people uh, taking over a part of a city. Yeah. You know, I'd like to hear what she has to say mm-hmm. about that. Whitney's a very bright, intelligent young woman. But she's got to be in her mid twenties now, isn't she? I bet she's about thirty. Is she that old? I bet she is. I bet she's pretty close to it. I just don't realize that we've been doing this this long. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Well, I mean, so I've been, I've been kind of fooling around with politics for probably about maybe almost ten years now. Um, was yeah, she I, before you, or she, were you both yeah, coming was, on just about was, the same time? She was probably involved in politics a little before I got involved in politics. And her sister's and a big libertarian, and she's, she's been involved for a long time. Yeah, she's young. Whitney's a little younger than I am. I'm 38. Um, she's quite a bit younger than I am. That's but, amazing. I'm looking at well, you, and I'm going. Yeah. Calvert 38 now. <laughs> How old are you again, Dave? Anyway, uh, yeah, just, just, just saying. Uh, just saying. Kind of interesting. Uh, we're looking over here at Iverson, and, and he and I look, to me, we look yeah. not too far from the same age. And like he said, people think he's 35, and he really doesn't look a whole lot older than that. Well, yeah. I'm not, uh, 58? Is that what you said? 58. Yeah, 58. Well, Don't let uh, it grow out too uh, far because there'll be gray far. coming out yeah. of there. Yeah. I probably have more gray hair than you do. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Wow. Of course, Walt Frazier says use just for men. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes, who's Walt Frazier? And yeah. I know I'm really old then. Uh, yeah, I'm just taking a month off of shaving. That's okay. all. Yeah. I'll start back next month, maybe. Yeah. That's how this maybe. started that I got on my face yeah. is that when I started doing, having to do the show from home, because I was ordered to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I started growing a beard. Say the heck with it. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of shaving. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, 
I think it looks I kind of like what yeah. it looks like now. Yeah. And fun. getting out and laying well, the, I lay in the day. sun. All right. Here, now, here's the thing. It has bleached it already. More, really. And it's wow. bright. It's getting to be just white, white. now. <laughs> you yeah. know, so. Uh, but how does, you, how does your wife like it? She likes it. Oh, well, then that's She what really counts. likes it. All, all my uh, my daughters like it. They they say it gives your it gives your face character. And yeah. I said, well, what was my face like before? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying it didn't have any character whatsoever. Yeah, I, I think it probably makes it look a little, a little younger. I, I think, yeah, it's pretty I think cool. it looks pretty good. It looks pretty cool, does it? Yeah. We'll see when I go to RNC. We'll see what they say <laughs> yeah. then. I they got They took a big family picture at a very tragic time in my family with my my daughter's funeral a few weeks back they took a family picture and it's been years since we'd done that and i'm standing in the middle when i'm standing i looked at my wife and i said if they die if if i grew my hair back and it was kind of wavy and white I'd look like uh, Colonel Sanders. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I really you would know. look like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. And be known for wow. chicken. Get you a wig. And be yeah. known me as chicken. Anyway, yeah. we're out of time. Yeah. Al, uh, Iverson, thanks for being here. Yes, we'll sir. see always, you next Tuesday. Always, always. Yeah. A great time with you on, Paul. We'll see you next Tuesday. Yes, sir. Jam, or Monday. Jam, or Monday. Yeah. Now, Jan Morgan will be back uh, with us next Monday. And so will R.D. and uh, the power panel will reconvene tomorrow. Elizabeth and uh, the uh, guys from the Bible guys going to be with us tomorrow starting at 6 a.m.